probably one of the most important scriptures that maybe uh, are sermons and messages that we'll look at maybe all year long uh, will happen the next few minutes. If you'll do this thing, then you'll do fine. Uh, you don't have to know all the Bible, but if you'll just know a few things, if you'll apply a few things to your life, you, you'll do well in life. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning about being led by the Holy Spirit, following the voice of the Holy Spirit, uh, understanding or recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit. We're in this series called Flourish, and uh, it's going to be impossible for you or me to flourish this year, next year, or any year if we don't know what the voice of the Holy Spirit is, if we don't know who the Holy Spirit is, and if we don't follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's always talking. He's always talking, he's always broadcasting, and he's always prompting us, encouraging us to do certain things. So we have to hear his voice, but hearing's not enough. We have to obey his voice. How many of y'all know what that means? The Bible actually says that if you hear the voice of the Lord or the word of God, but you don't obey it, then you deceive yourselves. Or in other words, for you to show up at church is not enough. You actually have to take the principles taught and you have to apply them to your life, right? It, it's not enough for you to just hear it. You actually have to be a doer. So I want to talk to you this morning and I'm going to read this verse here man, in Romans chapter 8. You don't have to turn there because it's a really short verse. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It says, for as many as are uh, the sons of God, uh, these individuals are led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are the sons of God, these are led by the Spirit of God. Or in other words, each one of us in here uh, are sons or daughters of God. That's what you are. And I know some people don't believe that. Some people almost think that that's sacrilegious. You ain't no son of God. There's only one son of God and he's Jesus. And uh, I'll tell you what Jesus would say. He would say, you do error because you don't know the Scriptures. Uh, if you don't know the scriptures, then, then, then you're an heir. And here you just don't know the scriptures because the Bible says that we've been adopted as sons, that we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You're absolutely a, a son of God. You're absolutely a daughter of God. You've actually been adopted, which is even better than being born, although you have been born again into the family of God. Adopting, if you're going to adopt something, you've got to want it. I know people that have babies didn't want them. My parents uh, had, uh, had a child at like 40, 41, 42, and they weren't looking to have more babies. My dad had got a camper and was ready to uh, start moving towards retirement. Uh, and then out came Reagan. Plans changed. But whenever you're adopted, you, you're seeking that out. And, and so uh, you haven't just been born again, though you have, but you've actually been adopted. God sought you out. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And you're absolutely a son of God, but you can be a son of God and not be led by the Spirit of God. Many, many Christians all across this planet, many of them tongue-talking, spirit-filled, charismatic, hanky-waving Christians real deal stuff here and yet they're not led by the Holy Spirit so you can be born again charismatic spirit filled whatever you can you can be uh, in your own estimation uh, estimation a uh, really uh, a God follower and yet really not be following 
him at all. So I want to talk to you about following the leading of, of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I know sometimes uh, it's frustrating if you're a parent when your parent when your kids won't listen to you. I mean, I know it's so frustrating. How many of you ever had a kid that's a know-it-all? I'm raising one right now. I'm raising one in just one little area. Uh, Elizabeth took Noble uh, goose hunting this week. Uh, that they went they went goose hunting. It was so funny, and I, I can't take too long. Uh, but she came home and she says, she says, Noble thinks he knows everything there is to know about goose hunting. I say, I know, I've been teaching him. Because I bring him out there and I teach him about wind direction and the sun and, and, how, and, and I teach him all that stuff. Setting out your decoys, how you want to face him. And, and I go through all that and all the calling, your cadence and all that kind of stuff. Because I enjoy that. We've gone maybe 10 times together this year. Uh, but she got me goose hunting. You understand, I never goose hunted before until I went with her. Never duck hunted before until I went with her. So she's kind of like the, the samurai. <laughs> she's, but Noble doesn't realize that he's, he's hunting with her. She's been literally in these goose blinds since before. Uh, they've been out there for in 40 years. My wife's not 40. She's 36, but they've had these blinds. <laughs> Is that bad? I'm not supposed to do that? Don't ever do that, Tanya. Gah! Man, just keep going, Chris. Just forget it. Pretend I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, but they've had these blinds for years, since the 50s or something. They've had these blinds. So she's been going with her daddy ever since she was six, seven, eight years old. She's been going. So she says, I'm going to bring Noble. You, you take care of Ansley. So I babysat Ansley. And she brought him. And she says, she says, the whole time in the blind, he's correcting me. He's telling me to get down. He's telling me that I'm making shadows and the sun and that I'm not calling right and that they can't hear me because the wind's blowing in their little ears and because they're coming out of the east and the wind's blowing out of the north. He can't hear. And he's telling me he's just constantly correcting me. And I'm thinking, you little twerp. I've been out here. I was out here pregnant with you and yet you think you know everything there is to know about this and you really, and, and it's comical. You, you know, it's, it's, it's comical the fact that he would think that he knows more or is better. And I told her, I said, wait till he's 15. You wait. My daddy couldn't tell me nothing at 15. You can't drive, you old fogey. Watch this. You know, I could drive, baby. You know, I know what I'm doing about everything. And, and once we, but uh, at 15, teenagers, all bets are off. So I said, you just wait till he gets a little bit older and he really will think that he knows everything. So we're sitting there chuckling about it because sometimes, uh, you know, uh, we do the same thing. We think we got this figured out. I know what I'm doing. And the Bible says, he that sits in the heavens, he laughs. In other words, God sits in the heavens and he laughs. What's he laughing at? I believe he laughs at the devil because, you know, he thought that he won. But I think also he laughs at us. And he looks at us and just thinks, y'all are so pitiful. Look at you, y'all. Have you ever seen a kid pee and he pulls his pants all the way down? And you look at him and you're just so pitiful. You're like, look at the little butt there. He's, he don't know. He don't have to pull all his britches down. But look, he's just a hosing, just a spraying out there. So pitiful. Look at him. And we just chuckle at him because he's just a kid. He's just ignorant. He thinks he knows whatever. And, uh, and we do the same thing, though. We think that, that, that we know, but, but we don't know. But he knows and he came to help us. He came 
to help us. So I want to I want to look at or I want to encourage you uh, to to lean into, especially this week. I believe you know it's the last week of our fast. These next seven days to really lean into the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and start getting your cues from Him, and He'll change your life. He'll take you if you're if you don't have the education of somebody else. He'll make you look smarter than them. Because he's a genius. A genius lives in you. And if you will push into him. He'll actually have you outshine other people. With more letters behind their name. Why? Well because you're leaning into the creator of the universe. I kind of feel sorry for the Holy Spirit. Which is weird because he's God. How can you feel sorry for somebody that's God? Uh, But you know many times uh, we celebrate Jesus. Celebrate the cross. We wear them around our neck. No one hangs any Holy Spirit around their neck. You know, and we talk about the Father. And and yet the Holy Spirit is the agent in the earth that's been sent by the Father to make you successful on this planet. Jesus went back to heaven, people. He died on the cross. He paid the price. The Bible says he sat down. At the right hand of God. You want to know what Jesus is doing right now? He sat down at the right hand of God. And, but he said, once I get to heaven, God's going to send the Holy Spirit. He's not just going to be with you, but he's going to move in you. And he's going to show you how to live on this planet. Where most people just receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They get saved, born again. They're going to heaven. And they never consider the other part of the equation. Which the third part of the Godhead is not in heaven. It's on the earth. He's the agent sent by the Father to this planet so that we can be successful and most of us go throughout our whole work week and never acknowledge He exists. We say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. Father, bless my food. Do all this type of stuff. And the Holy Spirit is the one that was sent here so that you can be successful. I was listening to uh, Charles Stanley, good Baptist pastor in Atlanta. I mean, I like Charles. Anybody heard Charles? Man, he, he, he just... I like listening to Charles sometimes. I like listening to all of them. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in my sight. I like all of them. I like all those flavors. And uh, he, he's got just, uh, he was talking about, he went on uh, a, a photographic uh, excursion. If you've ever been on vacation, you can take these little trips, these little excursions. He's a photographer. And he says that he's following this guide up to this mountain in Hawaii. He wants to take pictures of this particular lava flow or something like that and you've got a very limited amount of lighting time for you to take these pictures and he's following this guide but down on the inside he felt like uh, something wasn't right just feel like something's wrong feel like that we're making that we're not going the right direction but he says he keeps walking and uh, he just still just felt like something's not right here. So then he finally tells the guide, he says, hey guide, uh, and I don't feel like something's right here. I feel like we're going the wrong direction. But he says, I didn't want to be presumptuous and act like I knew everything. And the guide says, no, we're going the right direction. Don't worry about it. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, long story short, he says, after an hour and a half, I got out my own map, my own compass, realized that we were an hour and a half uh, off course. We were late and we missed our opportunity because of our guide. He said, I learned two things because of that. He said, the first thing I learned is anytime I have an inward witness down on the inside, then I need to listen to it. 
Second thing I learned is if anybody's guiding me, I need to know that they've been down that path successfully many times or I don't have any business following them. Each one of you have a guide down on the inside. How many of you ever played red light, green light? Red light. How many of you ever that? Some of you look at me like, it's a game, red light, green light. You know, you get a bunch of people and, and you're trying to get to a destination and one person yells, green light, and whenever they say green light, you get to run. Whenever they say red light, you have to stop. And on the inside of you, you have some lights. And they're the light of the Holy Spirit. And He'll lead you and guide you and uh, He will instruct you in the way that you should go. John chapter 16, let's read this. It says, Jesus speaking here, He's about to leave His disciples. He's about to go back to heaven. He, he's leaving them. And he says, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. Whenever I say it is profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous. It's advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, and the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I do go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship. Everybody say close fellowship. It says he'll be in close fellowship with you. Jesus here, he's about to leave these disciples and he says... It's, it's going to be more advantageous for you that I leave than for me to stay. What a remarkable statement. You understand, they saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. Loose that man and let him go. They saw the madman of Gadara get the demons. They saw Talitha Kumi, the little girl, be risen from the dead. Peter walking on water. They've seen amazing things here. And they've done it all with the presence of Jesus with them. And yet Jesus here, he said, whenever I leave, you'll be at more of an advantage with me gone and the Holy Spirit with you than if I were with you in the flesh. Now yeah, see that. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. Because once I go, there's going to be this individual that's going to leave the presence of heaven. Jesus went up, he offered his blood on the mercy seat. Once he did that, the payment, the penalty was paid and the Holy Spirit was released into the earth on the day of Pentecost. He came down as our agent in the earth to help us. And in the, the New Testament's written in Greek. Greek's an interesting, interesting language. For every one word in Greek, there's seven English words that are needed to make up that one word. The one word for the Holy Spirit is the word paraclete. That's the word. The words paraclete, that's the word for Holy Spirit in the New Testament. The seven words, English words, that make up that one word, paraclete, are the seven that he gave us. And he says the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's an advocate. He is your strengthener. And he is your standby. Those seven things... That's who the Holy Spirit is. You understand? Listen, I could take the next seven years and teach on those things. I mean, how do you explain God? I mean, I could, I, it would take me at great lengths to look at 
all seven of these. But here he says there's seven attributes. This is who the Holy Spirit is. The first one is a comforter. He's there to comfort you. Have you ever gone through something that's just horrific and yet you made it out? How do you make it out? Well, they're, they're, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes and is able to carry you or comfort you, bring you through that. My wife and I, uh, we have two sets of covers at our house. We have summer covers and we have winter covers. If you live down here, you better have both. Summer covers, real thin, it's basically just a sheet. We have a little quilt. But during the winter, we get out what's called what? The comforter. That thing weighs about 90 pounds. It mushes you into the bed. Right? I mean, that, that's what it's for. I mean, this thing, you pull that thing up over you, and life is different now. Her hands and feet, they actually get warm. It's amazing. I didn't think they could get warm. Your hands and feet behind, they're all like 10 degrees less at all times, but not with the comforter. The comforter, you pull that thing up over you, the environment changes, right? You, you get into that. And the first word that he uses here is comforter. We think of condemner, but there's not really a more fluffy term you could describe an individual than as a comforter. And yet the first way that he's described is that this is who he is. He comes to, the next one says, he comes to counsel you. What's Jesus saying? Jesus says, I'm going to send you a marriage counselor. I'm going to send you a financial counselor. I'm going to send you a teenage counselor and you're going to need it. I'm going to send you a counselor and he's going to be with you. He's going to help you. And I don't know about you, many times we never confer with our counselor. And yet that's what he's there for. The next one there, he says, he says I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send somebody that will just help you with life. I mean, I felt like I need help. Many times, where do we go for help? We go to people. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Can, can you help me? And yet one of, the, one of the, the words that characterizes the Holy Spirit is, He's your helper. He's there to help you. Help you with what? With whatever. How many of y'all think He knows anything? He knows everything about everything. Nuclear fission, He, he wrote the book. Right? right? You want to know anatomy? He designed you. He knows it all. And God has given him, given, given him to us. The next one, he says, he's your intercessor. How many of y'all have ever just felt led to pray for somebody before? I was uh, cutting grass the other day, and a girl in the church just came to me, and I uh, just started praying for her, and the Lord just gave me something real specific uh, for her. And uh, it was... Uh, uh, She's, she's sticking in there. And I really didn't know what that meant, that she was really, that she's sticking with it. So I just called to her and said, listen, I was cutting the grass, talking about the eye. I felt like the Lord just, just told me that, that he sees you sticking with it, that you're sticking with it. And I don't know if you're sticking with the church, or I don't know if you're sticking with your job, I don't know if you're sticking with a relationship. Whatever it is, he sees you sticking with it. Well, where did that information come from? Well, the intercessor... The intercessor will come to you and he'll put random people on your heart 
in your mind for what? For the purpose of, for you to, for you to uh, either say something to them, pray for them. The Bible also says that, howbeit, uh, when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, the Holy Spirit will, in your weakness, he will come alongside you with groanings which cannot be uttered, and the Holy Spirit will help you to pray for things when you don't know how to pray. I mean, you just don't know what to pray. You know, you feel like, well, I kind of feel like this, but I really don't know what to pray or don't know how to pray. That's what the intercessor is there for. He comes alongside and he helps you. He teaches you. He shows you how to pray. The next one's the advocate. What's an advocate mean? He gives advice, but, but advocate's also a legal term. I mean, I know what an attorney is. The Holy Spirit's your attorney. In, in, in what sense? Well, not, not if you uh, run your buggy into a lady at Walmart and she wants to sue you. Uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to come in and intervene on that. But in the spiritual high courts, whenever we stand before the judge and the accuser of the brethren, Satan is trying to accuse us and says, Mr. Burns, on such and such a date, he did this, 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 and this. Flip the page. This, 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 this. Flip the page. We're running out of time, Your Honor. This, 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 this. Flip the page. He, the accuser, knows all of that. But what's your attorney do? He tells you what to say, when to say, if anything. He'll tell you, shut up. Don't say anything, Mr. Burns. Don't come to your own defense. Or he'll tell you, he'll say, Your Honor, may we approach the branch? And, and here comes the advocate. He comes up there. And he'll say, Jesus paid for that, 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 and that. And then Jesus, and then, and then Your Honor, the judge will say, Okay, case dismissed. And Satan is still sitting there. And, uh, and you get to walk out. What do you do? You high-five your attorney, your advocate. High-five him. Why? Well, because he just had you plead the blood, right? He says, uh, what, are you guilty or not guilty? I'm absolutely guilty, but Jesus paid it all. I plead the blood. And so your advocate in spiritual matters, when you don't know how to proceed before the throne of God, your advocate will give you scriptures down on the inside that will go against the accusations that are also coming. So the devil, he'll come and say, you're going to get sick and you're going to die because of this. Here comes your attorney. He says, well, the Bible also says in second Corinthians uh, in first Peter 2:24 the Bible says this and and the accuser comes says oh you should be shamed because you did this this and this and then, and then you, here comes your attorney he says yeah but Romans 8 1 says that there's now no condemnation for those that are and he brings to you the ammunition ammunition you need in the high courts of Jesus so that you can win on that level so he helps you physically mentally, I mean, I'm glad he helped you in your brain. He just comfort you. He helped you, he, he helped you in your soul, but he also helps you in your spirit. He's, he's your strengthener. What strengthener? He equips you or strengthens you to do things that you couldn't do by yourself. I mean, I remember Samson in the Old Testament. Don't y'all like reading about Samson? Man, he was just bad to the bone. What made him bad? The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord will come upon him and he would just turn nasty. Right, I mean, he just started just destroying people. Not in his own might or his own power, but by the Spirit of God, he would be strengthened. The Holy Spirit would come upon him to fight spiritual battles that he himself could not do on his own. The Bible says the Spirit came upon Elisha and he outran the king's chariots. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David and he took the jawbone of an ass. You know what that is? The jawbone of a donkey. He took the jawbone of an ass and the Bible says that he killed 10,000 Philistines with just a jawbone. Give me some of that spirit right there. I want some of that strength. Give me some of that. 
How, do, how does that happen? There's the Spirit of God will, if you'll lean into Him, you rely upon Him, then whenever battles come, you say, well, what do I do here? And He'll tell you to fight. He'll tell you to stand. He'll tell you to hold your peace. He'll tell you to say certain things. And He'll just strengthen you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The last one here is just He's your standby. And I could spend a lot more time on any of these. The last one is just to stand by. In other words, he's always there. I mean, I know people aren't always there. A lot of people, when you're doing bad, they leave you. When you're doing good, they might leave you. But the Holy Spirit, he's always standing by. Not standing over. Where that's where we see God most of the time is. Shame, shame, shame. No, 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 no. He says, I'm going to send you a standby. And that standby, he's going to comfort you. He's going to advise you. He's going to counsel you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you with every facet of your life. And he'll always be there. Two o'clock in the morning, he's there. What's your wife doing? <clears throat> Out cold. Where is he at? He's most of the time loudest right then. And if you ever spend any time with him in the middle of the night, he is, man, he is so clear. He is so clear in the middle of the night. Well, there's no distractions because you're clear, right? You're clear and then the Holy Spirit, He's just right there. He's your standby. He's, he's always there. I hate to call Him a third wheel. But He's kind of, I mean, I, yeah, I had an older sister and, and she would, she would want to be with these boys. But I always wanted to be there too. Right? I always wanted to be there. And she was always trying to shoo me. Leave us alone. Brian came to see me. Right? <laughs> and I was always wanting to what? Stand by. Right? I don't want to leave. And I, I submit to you that the Holy Spirit is standing by you every moment of every day. And he's wanting you to what? To acknowledge him. To lean into him and just ask him. So what do I do about this? To buy or not to buy to date or not to date you seen those muscles Holy Spirit hubba hubba I mean I remember hubba hubba I love the, the verse I read maybe last week or the week before Proverbs it says many of us ruin our lives we ruin our lives and then blame God for it when in reality, he's given us himself. You're not talking about, he didn't give us a substitute teacher. The third part of the Trinity, the all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient, creator of everything that's everything, is standing by us, waiting and willing to be our financial advisor, our spiritual advisor, our relational advisor, our helper, our strengthener, all of that, he's right there. And he's just waiting for us to hear and obey. Jesus takes it further. If you go down just a few verses, John chapter 16, he says, I have many things that I want to say to you. Jesus, he's about to leave earth here. He says, there's a bunch of things I want to say, but you're not able to hear them or bear them. 
You're not able to take them upon you and you're not able to grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, underline that truth there, if you got a pen there, he's the, he's the truth-giving spirit. I mean, I'm glad he won't lie to you. He'll tell you the truth even when it hurts. I mean, I know you need some people like that in your life. Sometimes we're more afraid of offending someone than we are of obeying the Holy Spirit or the voice down on the inside of us. But he says the spirit of truth, he says he will guide you, underline guide. He's the spirit of truth. He'll guide you into all truth, the whole truth, the full truth. He will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. And he will give the message that has been given to him. What a resource. And he will announce and declare, underline announce and declare to you, things that are to come. How many of y'all like that? Breaks it down, he says, things that will happen in the future. Is it possible that the Holy Spirit will tell you things that will happen before they actually happen? Could he tell you about Katrina before it ever hits the land? Could he tell you about the stock market or tell you about things with your teenagers or about your husband who just got befriended on Facebook by some lady that he used to date 20 years ago? Is it possible the Holy Spirit will warn you down on the inside about things? He's the spirit of truth. Things to come that if the adjustments aren't made, it'll be a train wreck. 14 says, and he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, he will receive and draw upon what's mine. Jesus said he'll take what's mine and he will reveal it to you. He will declare it to you. He will disclose to you. If you'll listen to him, he'll show you things other people don't know. But he'll disclose the information to you. He'll transmit it to you. What a resource that we fail to acknowledge. Why am I talking about this? Well, we're, we're wanting to flourish in 2015. And I submit to you that if we'll lean into, incline our ears, the Bible says, to his sayings. If we'll incline our ears to the Holy Spirit, then the, the secret to our flourishing is to hear and obey just down on the inside. So I wrote a few things down, and you can write some of these down, ways that the Holy Spirit will lead you. Different avenues that the Holy Spirit has led me and, and people that I know uh, throughout, uh, throughout the years. One thing the Holy Spirit, uh, He will do, or He'll lead you, He'll actually warn you. Holy Spirit will warn you. I was uh, hunting with uh, Jeremiah, a new guy in the church, and uh, Jeremiah flies a, flies a plane. Flies a, he's a pilot. And uh, he was flying for an individual that he used to work for. And uh, as he was preparing to fly, uh, the Holy Spirit told him, he says, you'll never fly this plane again. He says, I'm not allowing you. You'll never fly this plane again. This is his job, his livelihood. That's how he makes his money. So he had to go tell his wife. He says, the Lord told me I can't ever fly that plane again. And uh, this is the way he told it to me. He says, you know, and she was like, well, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, are we going to pray about it or whatever? He, he said, no, I already told him that I quit. <laughs> I 
I already told him, he says, pack your bags. We're actually leaving. Long story short, uh, the, the plane crashed. Pilot died and the guy that he flew for died. And uh, if he would have not obeyed the Holy Spirit telling him, don't ever fly this plane again. I submit to you that the guys that were in the plane, that the Lord similarly told them. In fact, Jeremiah said, told these individuals, say, I don't feel like there's something wrong with the plane. We shouldn't fly the plane. We shouldn't fly the plane. The FAA said there's something wrong with the plane. There's something wrong with the plane. And they flew the plane anyway. The plane flew and, and they crashed. So the Holy Spirit down on the inside, sometimes it's life or death. That the Holy Spirit, I remember as just a kid, I was probably only 10, but I remember these missionaries coming to the church and talking about the, that they were in Africa somewhere driving down the road and the Lord said, stop the car, pull off on the side of the road. And they said, what for, what for, what for? I don't understand. The Lord said, just stop the car, pull off on the side of the road. And they did and they could see up ahead of them that there was an explosion, something tragic happened that if they would have kept going, that it would have affected them. It would have potentially killed them. So the Holy Spirit, he, He'll warn you. He's warned, uh, he, he's warned me before. Not, not in life or death all the time, but, but just through acquaintances. Ladies, come in your life. Whether it's through Facebook or through something else. And down on the inside, the Lord said, you better not accept that friend request. You may want to steer clear of that one right there. Old flames. Well, old flames, they, they come a-knocking. Down on the inside, the Holy Spirit, He knows how for you to have uh, self-preservation. And it's a, you better watch that right there. We had people at our last church that wanted to buy a bus for the children's ministry and start going out and picking up kids. Sounds like it's really good. They actually bought the bus just didn't feel right about them come to find out they're both convicted pedophiles about to buy a bus to pick up kids in our children's ministry just didn't feel right about it just don't feel right about it so we had to run them off thanks for the bus but you ain't driving you got to go down on the inside the Holy Spirit he'll tell you when to flee you better leave that girl alone. You better leave that guy alone. You better leave that alone. That guy right there, something, something wrong with that. That, that. that job right there, the money's real good. But you better, you better watch it. Recently just heard, you know, that people came to church and said, don't want to go to church uh, this place anymore because they have a better youth group down the road. And the, the pastor said, you know, I don't feel right about it. You better pray about it. Better pray about it. Oh, well, they've got better facilities. They've got a better this, better that. Sure enough. That they switch churches and the girl ends up running off and getting pregnant with the youth pastor. I mean, I know you, you, it ain't you, just being a Christian is not enough. Just being a Christian is not enough. If a Christian is not led by the Holy Spirit, then it's not going to work. And then people are left as what's called carnage. Just carnage everywhere. An explosion of lack of following the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will warn you. He'll lead you. He'll, he'll tell you when to run. He'll tell you when to go. He'll tell you when to stay. Our last church, we went and told them, hey, we're going to go start a church in Lake Charles. They said, we want you to stay here another two to five years. Well, that's going to mess up my plans. 
but felt like the Lord said, you need to stay another two years. I was going in to give my two weeks notice. They asked me to stay two years. Felt like the Lord wanted me to do it. So we stayed for two years. Because we stayed, by the time we got down here, our land was paid for. Our house was almost given to us. And we walked into a time whenever the whole economic housing market had crumbled to nothing. And we came out smelling like a rose because we stayed where he told us to stay. We went when he told us to go. Just, he'll tell you when to give. I used to sell Wamariner puppies. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> at a puppy meal. <laughs> really wasn't a meal. Don't tell PETA. But I had a dog, you know, and I thought, well, you know, if I have 10 puppies, $300 a puppy, that's three grand. So I was like, you're getting pregnant. <laughs> so uh, she, had, she had the 10 puppies. I had three grand. I was going to go buy me a four-wheeler. It was about six grand. The Lord said, get... I don't want you to buy a four wheeler. Give that three thousand to the church, and I said, "Well, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to do that." Long story short, I ended up doing it next year. Did it again. This time, I think she had eleven. I said, "Look, the Lord, He's increased us. Got an extra three hundred to go towards the four wheeler." The Lord said, "Give it again." Got to be kidding me, Jesus! But this time, He says, "You don't have to." So the first time I, I told you to, this time he says it's an option. He says, I'm just suggesting if you want to do this, it would be nice. Very different. If you walk with the Lord, hang out with the Lord, he's kind of different. He says, this is, it'd be more of an offering, not just an act of obedience. Well, now you're doing that to me. Now you're making it really hard. Long story short, we just did it. Just did it. Felt like we should do it. Well, I wound up getting the four-wheeler. You know, it took me a couple of years longer than I wanted to, but wound up getting it and paid cash for it. Didn't have to pay any, just, I think it was, I don't even remember, I think it was given to me, it was maybe 10 years ago. Uh, so the Lord, he'll prompt you to give. I was yesterday uh, getting uh, donuts with my kids, and a woman came in with three kids, and the Lord said, uh, buy their donuts. I said, that's weird. She's going to think I'm, I'm hitting on her children. Strange. So not just give at church or the Holy Spirit. He'll just kind of prompt you. Why? Because the Bible says your gift makes room for you. In other words, whenever you give somebody something, it opens, you just made a room in their life. What's that room for? Well, now you have access to influence them with the gospel where they would have been closed if you would not have made room. What made room? Your gift. Gift opened up. Now I have access to their life. That's why just you buying a cup of coffee or buying lunch or doing something for somebody that you otherwise wouldn't do, your gift to them will actually give you access to their life, to their heart. Holy Spirit, he'll lead you, and I've got a bunch more. He'll lead you to witness. He'll have you go across a room and ask somebody if they know Jesus. That's one form of witnessing. But he'll also give you boldness whenever you're just talking to an individual and they begin to open up. The Holy Spirit, he says... The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and he'll make you witnesses for me in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth. One of the number one functions of the Holy Spirit is to make you and I a witness. Many people, they say, I don't know what to say. But once you step out in faith and you say, hey, can I? The Holy Spirit, he comes alongside. He's your helper and he'll give you the words to say. He'll open that door, and then you'll walk away feeling like, oh, God, I should do this everywhere I go. I should do this. How many of you ever experienced like that before? 
You just step out there in faith and the Holy Spirit comes right alongside and because he does, because you relied upon the Holy Spirit, you say, I don't know what to say here. I've never asked anybody if they know Jesus in my life. I've never gone outside of my box before and stepped out in faith and done anything like that and yet the Holy Spirit's standing by. What for? He wants to empower you to be a witness. He'll empower you to stay, to flee. He'll warn you, empower you to be a witness. He'll lead you to pray for different people. I was in the Luna parking lot. I don't know if John Hogg's here today. And uh, they were going, they were, he's teaching kids out there. And I'll close with this. Uh, we were eating lunch at, at Luna and they were about to go to Denver for a couple of weeks. And we're in the parking lot of Luna. I just felt like, let me pray for you before uh, you, before you leave uh, to go off on this 20-hour dry let me just pray for you and uh, just prayed for them pray for the trip that they would angels of God would surround and protect them just felt like I should and uh, did didn't think anything about it two weeks later John came up to me crying and he says you don't have any idea we almost died coming home from uh, Colorado they like crossed over the median did something crazy like a 180 I mean all this type of stuff and he said if I just know, I knew immediately after it happened that if you wouldn't have prayed for me, it would have been tragic. And they're all in this suburban, his whole family. He said that me and my whole family, I don't know if we would have, would have made it. And thank you for, for, for praying and stepping out there and just doing it. Thank you for doing it. And it wasn't like I just did like some, some like uh, crazy prayer, you know, like heaven's open. You know, it's just like, it wasn't like that, but it was just following the inward witness. He'll have you to pray. He'll have you to go. He'll have you, he'll have you to give. Uh, we'll pray together, but the last thing I want to say, I told you the, the other last one, that was my first closing. This is my second closing. Uh, Charles Stanley, when I was listening to him, I, I thought this was fascinating. He says, ever since uh, there was, there was a, uh, he says, for the past 55 years, he's been in ministry now for maybe 60 years, done pretty well for himself. But he says, for the past 55 years, every night and every morning, I start my day and I end my day on my knees. And he says, while I'm on my knees, he says, the only, the number one thing that I'm asking for is I'm asking the Holy Spirit to lead me and I'll obey. It's amazing. I'm talking about 55 years. He says, I haven't missed a day in 55 years. I start my day and I end my day on my knees asking the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I recognize you're my advisor. You're my helper. You're my comforter. You're my strengthener. You're my advocate. My standby, I recognize you were sent from heaven down to this planet for me. I acknowledge you and for this day, I'll push into you. I'll listen to you. Your voice is more vo valuable than any other voice on this planet. You're who I'm in tune with the most. And that's how he spent his days. And he says, I've learned more. And I've, I, could, I could attest to this. He says, I've learned more from the Holy Spirit than all my teachers, all my professors, all my friends, all of my past, all the people that I like, all the preaching that I like to listen to. Do. All of them are a distant second to what the Holy Spirit has taught me over the past 55 years. I've learned more from Him than everybody else combined just by me getting on my knees and saying, I'm listening. So I put a prayer in there for you. 
that I, I'd encourage you to just pray uh, every day, th- this two or three times a day. Holy Spirit, I'm listening more than any other voice. I'm listening for your voice. Be my advisor, my strengthener, my counselor, my standby, my comforter, my prayer, and my comforter again, apparently. Be those things for me. If you'll listen, I'm telling you, it'll make, your, it'll make life totally different for you. I didn't get to this one. What if I miss God? You can write this in there. In John chapter 10, verse 27. Because people will say, how do I know it's God? How do I know it's Him? How do I know if it's, if it's God or if it's just the pizza that I ate last night? How do I know? I've never felt that before. If you want to know, you'll know. And that's what I always tell people. If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, you will be led. Because that verse says, my sheep know my voice. And most people that are concerned about that really aren't a sheep. They're either a sheep in a wolf's clothing or they're just a wolf. But a real sheep, you'll be led by the voice. Because he says, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. My sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So if you're a sheep, you'll know. If you don't know, then you need to look at whether or not you're a sheep. Are you a Sunday sheep? Or are you a Monday, Wednesday, you know, through the whole week? Are, are, you, are you a sheep all the time? Or are you just a sheep when it's convenient? Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here even right now. You've been here. You continue to be here. It's our prayer of this week, this month, this year. We repent. God, I repent uh, for being a pastor that all, hasn't always followed the Holy Spirit as being a husband who hasn't always acknowledged the Holy Spirit as a parent uh, that hasn't always looked to you. Uh, I, I, I ask for forgiveness. ask you to forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus for my own lack of acknowledgement of you standing by. We thank you, Lord, that you are our helper, our intercessor, that you're our standby, uh, uh, that, that you are uh, what Jesus said that you would be for us, we, we take you as those things and we uh, welcome your advice, your counsel into our life this week. We thank you, Lord, for it. I don't want to close without giving you opportunity to be saved. If you've never been saved, never been born again, then I want to make sure that Jesus is your Lord. If you're here and you say, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never done that before. I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. If that's you, uh, I ask you to raise your hand. Is there anybody like that this morning? You say, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. Maybe hearing you say, I need, uh, I'm not walking with the Lord and I, I need to repent. There's, there's areas that, that I'm not doing right. And you say, the Bible says, if you'll confess your sin, that God is faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If that's you, I'd like to pray with you or pray for you. If you're here and and you've never been, there is, and I didn't get into any of this, but there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that's the day of Pentecost, where you actually get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You say, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, uh, my wife will be down here. I'd like to pray with you, pray for you after church. If you say, man, I don't... I'll do teaching on that, but if you're here and you say, I don't need no more teaching, I feel like I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. Is there anybody like that this morning? You say, yes, ma'am. Anybody else? You say, man, I... Yes, ma'am. You say, I... Man, I see it. The book of Acts. It's available. One of the greatest resources of my life has been uh, just the ability when I don't know what to pray for, as I ought, Holy Spirit, He comes in. He helps.
He helps. Let's make this confession of faith, and I'm going to lead you in this prayer of just letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us uh, the, the rest of this week, the, this month. Those of you who say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you'll come down here, me and my wife will pray with you right after this. Let's say this together. Everybody say, Father God, I acknowledge the Holy Spirit in my life. This week, I tune in. I, I, I press in to the voice of my helper, my counselor, my advisor, my strengthener, and my comforter. Holy Spirit, I'm listening. Speak to me. I'll hear you. I'll obey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody stand up on your feet. I'll dismiss you before you go. We appreciate, value your time, the ability to... to